When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Hi, friends. It's another Tuesday, which means it is time to welcome you all back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. I am your co-host, Michelle Maros, and I am sitting across the living room from my mother, Barb, oftentimes known as Peaceful Barb. And we are back this week to continue our conversation about healing first, ma'am, how is it going being you today? I'm very excited. Hi, everyone. Hi, Michelle. It's very interesting and really excited to continue this conversation on healing that we started last week. So I'm, I'm raring to go. She sure is. But I love being here. This is my favorite. This is my favorite time of the week. I really enjoy the privilege that we have of having this podcast and sitting with all of you every day for an, I mean, every week for an hour. And I love it. And I love being with you, Michelle. So it's great being me today. I am so happy to hear that. Um, before we get into continuing our conversation, I just wanted to say how, um, I guess, grateful we are that you all listen to the show and allow us to, to open up and talk about such heavy and important topics like healing and just to also reiterate that, you know, these are our experiences about healing and what we share here is not, you know, therapy or professional advice, but rather just what we've picked up along the way. And if you're feeling like, I don't know if something in any of these episodes does trigger something for you or you realize like, oh my gosh, I didn't even remember that, but here it is like, oh my gosh, I need to heal. Like therapy and professional help is, is definitely our recommendation and our go-to when those kinds of things happen. Yes. And I, I, yeah, (laughs) I just staring at me. No, I, I'm taking in what you said because it's absolutely true. These are our experiences through life, but also through all the years of therapy. And this is, we just share with you our life experiences and what have helped us grow and learn and become the better version of ourselves along the way, this path of life. And yes, if, if anything is troubling you, you know, seek a really close friend that you, that you can confide in and be vulnerable with, or seek out a therapist or seek out another form of help. Yeah. If you need it. Um, there's no shame and ever. I mean, I really want, you know, trying to, I think there are so many phenomenal people in the world today trying to destigmatize this idea of needing help, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to emotional right. and mental health, where we, we have no qualms about going to get help physically. As you said in the last episode, if you break your leg or whatever, we'll go, we'll go get the leg set. We'll go to a doctor. So if, if this is bringing some stuff up for you. There is no shame and there's also no, uh, no, go get, go seek someone. I, I the thing that I'm, I'm stumbling with my words a little bit, because one of the things that I wanted to also say, besides therapy, one of the things that's helped me the most is having one friend that I know won't abandon me or invade me or will listen and will allow me to 
say what's happening and be that sounding board of some a sort of detachment actually because they're not actually involved in it and of some sound advice because remember we talked last episode about the brain being rewired mm-hmm. when we when we experience such traumatic pain or any kind of situation life experience that happens to us so having another person that can have an uh outside view like a 30,000 foot view separate yeah. from you can always be helpful just to be able to say it. Right. And I think one of the things you're going to share with us today too, Michelle, is that idea of being able to put into words yes. what has happened. So yeah, I guess I just wanted to acknowledge that like healing and trauma is really heavy. It's, it's extremely important and impactful in our lives. It's not something that we take lightly and just knowing that um, we are just offering up one part of this conversation, but there are many, many outlets and avenues to take if this is something that you're struggling with and that to piggyback off of what you just said, there's no shame or judgment in seeking help. In fact, it's it's the best thing that you can do for your self-care. So just acknowledging that as we start. And healing is not a one size fits all. I love that you brought this up, Michelle, because it is very, very true. I think one of the main things that we're trying to convey here in these two episodes on healing is that healing is personal. Healing is our own journey. We can, we can take pieces of advice and thoughts and practices from other people, but we really have to honor who we are and not try to fit ourselves in someone else's box. I love that. And I think that's a great place to start with this conversation because where we left off last week, and I would say if you didn't listen to last week, maybe stop and go back just because it'll help with the cohesiveness of these conversations. But we left off last week in that place of having the awareness and the acknowledgement and the acceptance of the things that happen. Again, not condoning or saying that the bad things that happen to us by others or in general are okay. But having that awareness and acceptance is, is really that first step in the healing journey and, and really allowing ourselves to be okay with the fact that we need to heal. Like being open to the truth that healing is necessary for us. I love that. I, that, that is profound. Well, because I think a lot of us- Like there's nothing wrong with us because we need to heal. Right. And I mean, if depending on your personality, some of us are empaths and we're like, oh, healing is my life. But some of us are- have a lot of pride around being strong and resilient and capable and maybe don't want to admit, admit or, or let in the possibility that healing is necessary because that's part of our personality. So allowing ourselves to just be open to healing, but then remembering that, like you said, healing is personal and it's unique. So whatever you might need for your healing doesn't have to look like anybody else's. And so if you're someone who might be a little more resistant to healing, know that you can do the things that work for you to heal. And it doesn't have to look like what it looks like for me or for anybody else. But really um, that starting off point, like we talk about with so many things is having that awareness and the acceptance of like, okay, something here is, you know, something's not working here. Something's happening for me. I keep getting triggered by something. I keep having reactions to something. Um, Whenever I'm with this certain person, I'm getting triggered. Um, Whenever I'm in certain situations, I notice myself reacting in this way. Or I, I find myself avoiding certain things, places, or people. Or, you know, sometimes you can have dreams about things that bring up situations And this really does go back to really having that relationship with yourself to really understand when things are coming up for you. But for for starters, to have that awareness to say, oh, this is a pattern. This is something that keeps picking at a wound, but I don't really understand what it is or what it means. Or I notice myself reacting in this way. Those are the ways that you can start to pick up on, okay, something's up and I need to dive deeper into it. So what you're asking, Michelle, I think is just brilliant. We have to, we, we cultivate a curious mind 
and instead of a judgmental mind, because the minute something comes up, we tend to want to judge it. Oh my gosh, why is this coming up? What does the matter with me? Or what, what's the problem here? So instead of that reaction, having a curious mind, wow, something just triggered me. Let me, let me gently just try to sort this out a little bit. Let me ask myself a few questions. I love that. Yeah. I mean, you, you say so often that we're the scientists in the laboratory of our life. And with that notion, that is how we can start to view these things. Like, wow, why am I constantly reacting in this way when someone uh, talks to me in this way? Or why do I always feel like I'm in a hurry? It can be things as simple as as that, as time have, being an issue for you, or as, of course, as deep as, you know, more traumatic situations. And I would just add one thing to that. What I've done over the years is what has been helpful for me is to replace the why with what. What is it about this situation that's making me feel this way? Mm. What is about this situation where I'm feel, feeling like a time demon? Mm. You know, what, what is it? Cause I think sometimes the why, who knows why? So I, every time I used to ask myself why I, I, I went down a rabbit hole of it. I don't know why I, I don't, I, I don't know why, for whatever reason, why yeah. makes me a little bit nutty. It makes me like try to figure it out and figure and overthink it and overthink it and really never get to the why I like what, what is it about this? Right. What is happening for you, Barb, right now in this moment, like taking the pause and just say, okay. What is happening right now in this moment that is causing you to feel anxious or that is causing you to feel unsafe or that's causing you to feel, you know, revenge or that's causing you to feel hurt and pain as if this whole episode happened all over again? Like, what is it? I love that. And that's a great reframe because I'm also someone that always, always, always needed to try and find the why. I, the why I felt was like always the missing piece. Why did this person act this way? Why did this have to happen? Why is this part of my life path? Why, why, why? And I don't, chasing the why is really a fruitless journey. I, I used to really think that we could get to the why and you can't. And it, again, like you were saying, it doesn't help our healing the why doesn't matter really because whatever the thing is, it is. And so. And the why can be the what. I mean, I think if you're having trouble as Michelle and I are talking about this, just, I just replaced why with what, because why didn't get me to the what ever. Right. It, it got me into more of a place of feeling bad and feeling even and sadder writing stories. and writing stories where what made me more into the critical thinking mind of, okay, what is happening? Well, the why takes you outside. And that what takes you inside. Yeah. What is causing you to feel this way, Barb? Yeah, um, exactly, Michelle. Beautiful. And I think that's a great reframe for starting healing because we could spend forever trying to figure out the why. Yeah. And then what? But the what? What am I feeling? What am, what's making me feel this way? What, what do I need to do for myself in the moment, this moment? I'm smiling because I love what you just said. We could take forever trying to figure out the why and then what. So, so, <laughs> so funny. get rid of, you, you, take yourself to the what first. Yeah. Skip, frog skip, leap the why. Yeah. You're going to get to the what anyway. We always get, we always have to get to the what, what is it? What is happening inside of us that is causing whatever's happening in the outside world to trigger us or to make us feel sad or to whatever it's doing. So forget the why and go straight to the what. But I do think we've really pinpointed a place where a lot of us get paralyzed in healing, getting stuck in the why. Um, you know, for you and your and all of your traumas, you could spend the rest of your life asking why the things that happened to you in your child, childhood happened. I could spend my life the same in the same why we, I think we all tend to really think that the why is the first step towards healing. If I can get to the why, then I can put all the pieces together so that I can write the story to get through it. But I think that's, it's like a trap. And that is one of the biggest reframes in healing is remove the why don't get paralyzed in the why. I mean, it does not benefit the story of healing. Well, because you're trying to figure out, because in, in all these situations, it's, it's, it's a result of a person that's done something to us, usually. 
I mean, and even so, like a, a natural disaster. Or a natural, oh, why did this happen right. here? Like there's it's, so it's much. A, it's a result of the outside world or the outside people doing something to us. And we can't put ourselves in those people's or the outside world's mind to figure out why they did what they did. I, I, don't, I don't know why my uncle sexually abused me. I have no idea why. And, and for me to try to figure out why did this happen? Because what happens when you can't get to the why, you start blaming yourself. It must have been something say. that I did. It must have been something wrong with me. I don't know why, you know, so it, it's really important to go to the what. What, right, because, what, what is it causing me to feel? What is happening inside of me? Right. The why generally leads you to, to more self-blame. You know, if I can figure out what I did to make this happen, then I can prevent it from happening again. And, and if that's I can figure not, out, and if I, I want to interject here though, and if I can also ask, what am I feeling in this moment? What is happening for me in this moment? Like what is going on? Yeah. But that's why what is better than why. Exactly. Um, so really, I think this is a really big piece that I mm -hmm. hadn't necessarily thought about. But if you're someone who really lingers in the why, first of all, try to start to train your brain to go to what, but also to remember that the why is really bringing it back to you and like blaming yourself and trying to come up with what you did wrong to provoke the situation rather than just knowing that we don't know why people do things, why things happen in the external world. As we know, like this great truth that we talk about so often on the show, we can't control or predict anything that happens in the external world. And the sooner we can acknowledge that we can let go of trying. <clears throat> so rather than going after that, why, why do things happen? Let's reframe to what do I need to do now? What am I feeling now? What is in my own best interest now? And really bringing it back to yourself of what you can control, which is your response, your reactions, your, your actions, and, and how you take all of that information moving forward. I love it. Especially, I mean, this is true for every single thing that we're talking about today with healing, but also if we happen to be in a dysfunctional relationship or a narcissistic relationship, and we'll get into narcissism one day and have a whole several episodes on that, <laughs> but just a dysfunctional relationship. It's really important to go to the what, because when someone mistreats you, we tend to take it personally. Like what, what did I do here? What, what went wrong? What's the matter with me? What, what's the matter with them? We, we go through all the what's, but when someone mistreats you, instead of taking it personally, I've needed to be reminded of this often, especially in the past six months. It's not a reflection of me. Mm -hmm. It's a reflection of them. It's their perception. It's their reflection. It's, this is really, I think this is like double PhD school where we can actually get this and we're not always going to get it right all the time. But if I can remind myself when someone's treating me poorly or, or, abusing me or being really mean in their words or their actions, it's a reflection of them, not you. Even if you've done, even if you've lied, even if you've cheated, even if you've done something, none of us deserve to be abused verbally or physically. None of us deserve to be abused. So when someone does mistreat you in that way, it is a reflection of what's happening inside of them and not you. So you can't figure out the why in that. Who knows why? Right. And that's not your responsibility or journey to figure that out for them or to make sense of that for them. Or to fix it. Yeah. And I think that's a piece of discernment that we talk about so often. Discernment is a huge piece of healing of knowing what's, what's your responsibility to heal and what's not. If you're a people pleaser or codependent or recovering from any of those dynamics, I think a lot of times we pick up and feel like we need to heal aspects for other people to make the situation okay. Like, you know, they're not going to do it. So maybe if I pick up the slack, um, I'll make the situation better. And knowing what is your burden or your baggage to carry and what isn't and having that discernment is hugely important, especially if you're in a toxic or abusive situation where, you know, someone's making you feel like you're the problem or unwilling to ever see their um, their part their part in a situation or the consequences of their or behaviors or their actions, it's really common to feel like 
you can do the healing for all. And that's going back to last week's conversation of managing your expectations for healing and knowing that I do believe that there's a certain aspect of when you do the work for yourself, it can, you know, kind of bleed into your other relationships. It can, you can have an impact on your family. You can have an impact on the people around you, but knowing that you can't do the healing work for somebody else is huge. I agree. We absolutely do have an impact, but we can't do their work. We can only do our work. And our work is many layered. It means not accepting the bad behavior or negative behavior or abusive behavior. It means setting the healthy boundaries that we need in order to thrive, not just survive in our relationships or in our life, but to thrive. And so that means having the conversation with the person if we can. And if we can't, then it means we have to take care of ourselves and and find a way to do that. And that means that putting our energy toward that in any given situation that is dysfunctional will actually start to shift the relationship in one way or the other. And I think that's where the energy needs to be. And you're so right. We can't heal other people and we can't alone heal a whole relationship. We have, you know, there's many people involved in relationships or a one relationship. And so it really means to start taking an inventory with ourselves. What do I need? What do I need here? What do I need to take care of myself here? What kind of conversation do I need to have with the other person or people? What, what's happening right now? That's the what. What is happening right now? Yeah. What, what boundary do I need? And I know boundaries is a trigger word right now, I think, because it's being used a lot. But the idea is what, what do I need? What do I, you know, if you don't want to use the word boundary, use the word, what do I need? Yeah. Like what, what, what hurts me? Or what can I not live with and what can I live with and where can I compromise in between? And we can never compromise with physical or mental abuse, period. Let's take a quick break. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So I love that you started off or started going into the aspect of like an inventory and taking an inventory of what we need, what what is okay and what's not okay. Because I think when we have trauma happen to us, as we talked about last week, it does scatter the brain. And I think that's why it's so easy for a lot of people who have been victimized to often be gaslit and to be confused about what happened or to maybe even convince themselves that like nothing happened at all. Like they understood the situation wrong or you know, they're not remembering things right. And I think that that is another big piece of healing is to really start to understand and honor what the truth is. Um, Because it's really common to allow yourself to be gaslit by it. You know, people saying, oh, that... I didn't remember it that way or no, that's not that bad. I don't know why you're so upset about it or, um, oh, that doesn't sound like that person. Are you sure that you heard them right? Or are you sure that that's what you remember? And I feel like so often we talk about storytelling and in the regards of like writing stories about situations that we don't know what's true, but there's a real benefit to storytelling in this aspect of of writing down or, or knowing what's true in your story of things that happen so that you can, you know, whether it's like in a journal or like you mentioned before, talking to a friend of retelling your story of the things that have happened so that you can know it as true so that you don't allow your mind or other people to try and convince you or gaslight you or manipulate you out of your lived experience. And I think that's another big piece where people get stuck in their healing as they finally maybe get the courage to open up about it or they go talk to someone or a friend or, you know, even in their own mind and they get to this place of, okay, this is what happened. And 
it gets backtracked because people don't believe you or people gaslight you or manipulate you or, you know, don't acknowledge or validate what you're feeling. And so if you can start to, and this is a painful process because telling the truth about things that have happened to you is reliving the things that have happened to you. And it's not always easy or pleasant, but if you can really start to be confident in your truth and if that means writing it down or telling someone who is a safe space, who won't, you know, manipulate you or invalidate you, this is the thing that happened and kind of marking it as like a record where your mind or other people can't get into it and rewrite the story, you know, in a different way, I think is a really great step to healing because once you know what's true and don't allow your mind or other people to get in there and change the story, you can really start to pinpoint what you do need for yourself to move forward in healing. That is so incredibly beautiful said, Michelle. It's so important. I think it's really, really important. And especially when it comes to you, not only validating your own story, but knowing what you need and then being able to implement it because we can't go back to the same situation. We can't, we can't, we can't, we can't change it by ourselves. We can't heal really by ourselves from a situation. We have to actually make changes that we can make. So we can't go back to the same situation. And if you're living with someone who's charming, it becomes very difficult. They can, they can literally turn the whole thing around and you go to bed thinking, oh, you know what? This isn't that bad. Well, of course, abusers and narcissists and manipulators will always make you think that their their behavior is is okay or that you're overreacting or that you didn't understand the situation correctly. And I think it's being charming that gets you to feel that way also. I don't think it's the anger or the thing. It's it's really, they have a way of really making you feel like, hmm, you know, maybe it wasn't that bad. It's going to be okay. And so the thing that I want to, I want to highlight there is I want to tell you a little story so it's, it really kind of goes with what you were saying in the last episode, Michelle, about how easy it is to feel a physical pain if we break a leg and how difficult it is to hone in on a, a emotional pain. And if we don't change the environment that, we in, that we're in in some way that serves us or that helps us be able to survive and thrive ultimately, it's never going to work. And I use this story. I've thought, I've thought of this often lately for some reason. So my mom, when, when my mom, my mom and dad are both, were both alcoholics. And so when my mom in 1992, she developed cancer, stomach cancer and had to have serious surgery and all of that. And what the doctor said is you need to stop drinking. And so she stopped for a little bit and then she started again. And he said, this is going to kill you. And so I went, flew up there to Indiana. I was talking with her and I said, mom, let me send, go to treatment. Let's go to treatment, go to the treatment center that I went to, uh, go to treatment. I, cause you're going to die. I mean, this is, this is not going to work. You're going to die. So after a lot of, a lot of talking and a lot of struggles, she checked in for treatment and it was fabulous. I mean, I, I probably one of the best times I can remember her six weeks in treatment went to pick her up. And in the meantime, when she was in treatment, I was talking to my dad. Now, you know, you have to, you have to do this. And cause you're an alcoholic too, you can't do this and get this out of the house. All the things that you need to do to change the environment. I knew that she couldn't go back into the same environment after six weeks, no matter how good the treatment center was or no matter how much she had learned. And so picked her up, dropped her back off. She stayed with me for a week or so. And we went to meetings together and everything was fabulous, really fabulous. Flew her back home, dropped her off. Everything looked good. Everything was seemingly on track to be some, some success, I guess is what you want to call it. And so that night when I flew home, she called me and she was drunk. And I think that's a lot of what we're trying to say here. You, you have to own what's happening for you. What, what do you need and what has to happen And so your life has to become the most important life there is. Honestly, even with your kid's life, even with whoever, your life has to be, when you're in a situation where you are addiction or or trauma or pain, 
that you are trying to heal from or that you are trying to change your behavior or rewire your brain back to the original way that you came into this world as a little beautiful baby. You have to make changes. You personally have to make changes. So your life has to be the most important person in your life. It is your number one priority. And so it's crucial. It's the only thing I have to say about it because you can't go back into the same environment thinking that, as you said, Michelle, that you can do all the healing for everybody and that you can make the changes that you absolutely can't change other people. So well, that's like they say you can't heal in the environment that, that harmed broke you, you mm-hmm. or harmed you. Yeah, that broke you. So it, I, th- I think I say this because it's hard. I, I wanted to get to the hard part of healing. You know, we all want to heal. It all sounds so wonderful and it is wonderful, but it's hard. It's really, really, really hard work. And I think that's why it is like peeling the layers of the onion because we can only do little bits at a time. We can only, okay, we can't do everything at one time. So if you've got this long list of things that you need to do to serve you, what's prioritize them? What's the most important thing? And if you're living with someone or you're living with family, you know, acknowledge that, say, this is the one thing that we have to do now. And then little by little by little, implement other things that you start to notice or the other person starts to notice that you can do. You can't do it all at once, but you have to have your, your what needs to happen. You have to have your what is the most important thing that I can do right now for myself that actually saves you. And my mom ended up dying of alcoholism and her cancer uh, six years later. So... It's, and, and that's what happens to us. If we don't make a change, you know, we may not physically die, but I think it goes back to the thing you were saying, Michelle. I love that, that visual and that analogy you gave in the last episode. We, we mentally are letting ourselves, you know, not thrive in the way that we are meant to. So I know that often when I think back on the past 33 years, I, there were many times when I didn't feel like I was you know, really thriving or even I was just barely sometimes hanging on from the inside out. So many things that as I think back on it, as I start to understand the what and what do I need and what can I not do now going forward in my future, it's been monumental. It's been really hard work, but it's, what is it? It's very, very hard work, but worthwhile work it is. I think that's a really important aspect that you shared because going back to the discernment, I think that's how we can start to know the what of what we need to do. And if you're in situations or toxic behaviors like addiction or um, things that are going on inside your home or in your lifestyle where you're trying to heal from it, but you keep putting yourself back in the situation that's the discernment to know, okay, what changes do I actually need to make so that healing is possible? Or what boundaries do I need to set so that healing is possible? And like you said, it doesn't even have to be something so life and death like addiction. But in your situation, I remember you you saw like a healer a few years ago and they made a comment to you that was like, you know, if you don't change your home situation, like it's going to kill you basically. They they didn't say it exactly like that, but it was more or less like that. You're going to get sick or something. And I remember being so upset when you told me that. I'm like, who are they to say that to you? That's awful. But it's true. We saw it play out, both of us, in in real time of mental, physical, and emotional, emotional toll that keeping yourself in toxic dynamics can take over time. You know, really what happens when you let a person or a situation dim your light for so long where to the point where, like you said, you're just barely hanging on or like you're just a little sliver of a, of a light that's shining through because it's been dimmed for so long. Um, and I think that's the part that might be even more challenging to acknowledge or admit because it's like that slow burn or that slow drain on your, your battery of life where 
it's not, you know, going to be a quick burnout, but it's that slow drain. And so really starting to have that awareness of how you feel in people's presence and what situa- how situations make you feel and how dynamics make you feel is a really big first step towards setting those boundaries and making those changes. And making sure that you just honor yourself in every way possible. I remember a year later to the date after, after mom died in 1999, the anniversary of her death, a friend, really good friend of mine had asked me to go out and do something with her. And I said, you know, I just wasn't really up for, up for it. You know, my mom died a year ago today. And she said, but that's a year ago. You're okay to go out, right? And I remember being so, I mean, I can even feel it right now in my body. And you're like, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm really sad. And it kind of goes in alignment with that episode when we talked about your dad dying, you know, healing is not on a timeline. So if you're, fe- you just have to honor yourself in every moment. I think that's the best way that I can say it. And I said, I I'd said, I'm just going to pass today because I am sad. And so not allowing other people's opinions and their energies, which is one of your really beautiful quotes, have an effect on you. Honor yourself, honor your own feelings, honor your own energy and understanding that I think the idea that we have to give in or we can't be a certain way or, oh my gosh, this makes us look weak or it doesn't make us look like we are healing and all of the things, you know, when I say I was hanging on from the inside out, I was still fun- high functioning person in my life and in my work and everything. But from the inside, it was like you said, like a slow burn. And I think this healer said to me, you're going to start developing some stomach issues. You're going to start developing some things. And I remember laughing, thinking, oh, I got this. I got this, you know, because I'm a very high functioning person. And I do all my practice and I do all the things that I do without, without really thinking about what this might be doing from the inside that I couldn't see. I think that was probably one of the most light bulb moments, aha moments that we've said in both of these episodes. When you said, Michelle, we can see the pain on the outside when we break a leg. We can't always see the pain on the inside. So we have to be so so in tune with ourselves that we start to see the pain on the inside. And it wasn't too long before my, I guess, after I moved out and separated in this marriage, where I started really noticing how my stomach was bothering me. It bothered me all during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I was constantly telling you, oh, my stomach, my stomach's a problem. My stomach's a problem without even connecting it to that. That's what this healer had said, but without even connecting it to, of course, it's going to start to show from the inside out because I was still going full speed on the outside thinking that I was taking care of myself, but really taking care of myself is making sure that I'm not in a relationship and I'm not in the external world in places that are not safe, but also where behaviors are continuing to be the way that they've always been. So I think it's important. You have to put yourself first. You absolutely have to put yourself first. And it doesn't mean at the expense of other people. Right. It means putting yourself first so that you can be there for other people. Well, I think it also goes back into the concept of worthiness and knowing that you're worthy of being in situations and relationships with people who aren't going, who are going to have your best interest and who aren't going to be abusive or harmful and knowing that you don't have to stay in relationships or situations with people who are harming you just because you think that there's nothing else better out there for you. And obviously that is a hard realization and, and making changes. I mean, for you, it took a long time to separate. And then ultimately with the divorce, like these kinds of big life changes take time but being brave enough to be open to the change because knowing that you deserve better and you don't deserve the harm that is your current situation. It's very interesting to think about. I kind of wanted to bring this to the idea when the pain is really deep. When the pain is really deep, we have to make sure that we are changing something significant. 
like something significantly has to change, you know, before we can go back into it or before we can actually live in it any longer. And I think it's so important that we're not, I think really to be aware, are we putting ourselves in harm's way? Can we actually be aware, wow, I am actually harming myself because I'm allowing myself to be in a situation that is not good for me. Are we putting ourselves in harm's way? And I think that's, you know, allowing ourselves to cry and experience all the feelings and not numbing ourselves with anything and really just being okay without judgment, how we're feeling, finding that person we can trust and having conversations with them and, and allowing ourselves to start to see not only what we need, but how can we start to make at least one significant change that will benefit us, you know, that will, where we are actually validating our own feelings and we are actually looking at what is harming us from the inside out. Yeah. And you know, it's like that Einstein quote, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And I think that that is also a hindrance to our healing when we, we do a lot of work on ourselves or make a lot of inroads for our own personal healing, but keep putting ourselves back in a situation that is open for trauma or harm thinking, Oh, okay. It's my fault again, that this keeps happening. But if you're constantly placing yourself in an environment where this is the norm, that is something to take a look at and see what, what can you do to make a a change there? And I think one of the things we're also saying in this conversation is that I feel like sometimes we get into a place of needing to be perfect or needing the other person to be okay. Or I don't know, I'm just having, I'm just having some thoughts, a lot of thoughts around this idea of unhealthy relationships and that healing, you know, that we're going to get through the healing process and it's all going to be okay, which yes, it can be, but I really want to make sure that people know that healing is about accepting what happened and what it, the harm that it caused you and what do I need to do now to protect myself, but not protect myself by shielding myself against the world, but how do I need to protect myself so that I can continue to grow and learn and, and become, but it doesn't mean that we have to forget. I think sometimes we link acceptance to forgetting that I'm going to accept all of this. I'm going to change all of this. I'm going to heal. I'm going to do all these things. And that, that memory or that episode or those things will never come back again because they'll be kind of wiped from my brain or wiped from my memory. I feel like we need to make sure that we understand that we may, we may have a, a flood of a memory. Mm-hmm. And that idea that we will forget it all, I don't, it has not happened for me. Let's just put it that way. And it also means that I'm not going to forget what happened. I don't want to forget what happened because I don't want to put myself in that same situation. So it's, it's really a blessing that we don't forget. And it's really important to understand that we're not meant to, I don't believe that I'm meant to forget. Sure. I'm meant to let it go. So it doesn't cause me take any more of my joy or my happiness. I meant to say, Oh, that's that thing again. Oh, okay. That was that whole, whole situation that I know that I've healed from, or that I know that I've moved through and I'm, I'm doing all the things that I need to do to take care of myself. So I don't land up in that same situation. I think it's like a good reminder sometimes that, Oh, there you are again. Okay. You're just reminding me that like my mom, if she, if she, if she had lived, oh, you're just reminding me that I can't drink anymore. Whatever it is that we need to be reminded of what harmed us right. is not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that we've somehow failed or that we have, are now being asked to forgive if we don't feel like forgiving or that we're being asked to put ourselves back in a situation that's not in our best interest. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's a lot there. Um, but it's, it's true. I, the, the older I get and the more I go on my own healing journey, the more I actually think it's important and it's beneficial that you don't forget. Of course you process and you heal and you move through it and you have that acceptance. But I think sometimes we think that healing means forgetting which is then kind of like that cycle of putting us back in situations that harm us, that make things, certain things okay. 
And so not forgetting, which, you know, is like going back to your storytelling of the things that happened. It's important because I don't know, at least for me, I think a lot of parts of my life have been in denial of the things that have happened in my life and the trauma that I've had because I don't know, sometimes it's easier to make believe that things didn't happen so you don't have to deal with it. And I remember a lot of times in therapy when, you know, some of the things that have happened have come up. I'm like, I just, I don't want to have to deal with that anymore. But it is, as a, again, as I've gotten older, I know that it's important to not forget because the more that I kind of would try to push away the reality of things that had happened, it was like almost like trying to put a bandaid on a situation to just try and make things okay and fix it in, in the moment of like, oh no, it's okay. Everything's good. We're, you know, we're all good. Um, I don't want to rock the boat anymore. So it's good. And that doesn't really benefit anybody. And just knowing that acknowledging the truth and remembering the truth is oftentimes a more is a rockier journey because you're going to rock the boat and you're going to make the, the abusers or the people that harmed you angry by constantly um, reminding them of what's true. But it is the pathway towards healing because once you can acknowledge what's true, you can then ask yourself what you need and take some sort of action. And I think, I know we've kind of gone through a very jagged path of healing, but it, I, I really feel like it goes from acknowledging the truth and then knowing, asking yourself, what do I need to do? Or what steps do I need to take or actions do I need to make? And I think a lot of times we think that we need to have a direct conversation or communication with the person that harmed you. But so often that again leads to the results that we don't want. Like gaslighting or manipulation or, you know, further abuse. And so that can be writing letters of things that you want to say to people or places or situations. I really, really fully believe in the power of like writing all of these things down, you know, giving your thoughts a home. I say that so often in just a general journaling practice, but even in your healing journey of, you know, there are a a million things I would like to say to somebody in my family right now. But I know that me saying them face to face, I don't know that it will get me anywhere. So I've, I've been in a practice of just writing down and letting myself be the meanest, nastiest person. Um, you know, as someone who kind of would paint myself as like a nice kind person, sometimes it's hard for me to allow myself to be you know, to really just rage on someone. To let those feelings out. Yeah. And I've found a lot of, it's very therapeutic to just let yourself be a, a nasty rage filled person and a, in your journal and saying all of the things that you would like to say and getting it out in that way. Um, because even if it doesn't get to that person, it's still, you're giving it a home somewhere. You're taking it out of your brain and putting it onto a page. And maybe someday, who knows, you might want to send it. But um, being able to take that action is a really great next step towards healing. You know, because a lot of times, especially in abusive situations, like you don't want to reopen that door. You don't want to give that, re-allow that person back into your space. And so don't think that healing, like you said, mom comes from having that conversation. You can have that conversation in your journal, like energetically with that person and say all of the things that you want to say. Um, because then when you allow yourself to feel like the anger and the hurt and that like all of the feelings that you probably pushed away for years when these things happened for probably survival, you know, you let it come out because like we talk about too, feelings want to be felt and you let them, you know, come up, you feel them and you act on them in that way in your journal so that you can kind of start to let yourself come back to a sense of like equilibrium about the situation and the person. And I feel like that's a really great practice that, you know, you don't necessarily need external 
it's not, you don't have to pay for it. You can do it with yourself of just like, I'm feeling super angry about this situation and this person and just let it rip in the journal. And then of course, if you have a, a safe space or a person or a therapist that you can then kind of flesh it out with, that's I think, and even, even better. But I think so often if you've been victimized by someone or something in your life, you don't tend to allow yourself to be angry about it. At least if you're a people pleaser or like I am. And I think that anger is important. I think that kind of anger is really scary. I think a lot of times when I won't allow myself to feel the rage or the anger, it's scary because I don't know where it might take me. And I think it's scary for some people. So the idea of writing it down is so fantastic, Michelle. And then being able to share it with another person, because chances are, if you ever did send something like that, you would, you would not send the raging one. You would, you would actually send something that could, that would matter the most. So it's important though, to get those feelings out because then you don't know what you're going to say or what you're going to write. I want to give everybody another visual (laughs) in a story. And I think it still goes back. I don't even know what, I, I think I think this episode title can be, we need to acknowledge that the physical pain that we have in the body is the same as the mental pain. So here's what I want to say. That's a long ass title, ma'am. I know we, we can, you can adjust it whatever way, but it seems like this is the point because we don't honor our, our mental and emotional pain at all. Yep. So in this idea of accepting, not forgetting, maybe that's the title, accepting, not forgetting. Anyway, I, when we are little kids, we, all of us probably at some point or another have stuck our hand in a fire or stuck our hand in the stove or stuck our hand somewhere, somewhere where we got burned or we got hit or whatever it was, something happened. We, 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 we went to see our friend in a swing and they hit us in the face with their legs or whatever. As a little kid. I'm talking to a little kid. We don't have that. We just are free flowing and we're just sticking our hands and putting our bodies everywhere. So we learn, we learn from sticking our hand in a fire or we wouldn't, we wouldn't go walk in front of somebody who's swinging on a swing. So the same is true for emotional harm. That all, it's all the same. And I was on retreat in 2007 with the Dalai Lama. And I remember him telling a story. Someone was talking about forgiveness and asked him a question about forgiveness. And this whole idea of forgiving and how do you forget and how do you move forward? And how do you go beyond what the trauma or all the pain that's happened to you? And here's the story that he told. He said, you know, being in India, he's and all the things he said, you know, lions can be in cages. And he said too many times he witnessed people stick in their hand in a lion's cage and he got bit. And he said, so I, and you know, he's kind of laughing and he's jolly. He goes, so I will never stick my hand in a lion's cage because I don't want to be bit. He said, the same is true for relationships. I will not stick my hand in a lion's cage. I will not stick my hand back into a relationship with someone because I may get bit. And then he went on to say that at the time, Chairman Mao was, China kept inviting him to come to China for a visit so that they could try to make peace or so that they could try to do it. He always tried to get Mao to come to India. And Ma wouldn't come to India. Dalai Lama wouldn't go to China. He goes, why would I go to China? Why would I go in the lion's cage and go to China? And so when I was on this retreat and the way he answered so much, probably more beautifully than I just did, when he answered this person's question, it was such a beautiful light bulb that went off inside of me. I thought, oh my gosh, yeah, physical pain is the same as emotional pain. It is the same. But for some reason, we acknowledge physical pain, but we are very slow to acknowledge and understand the emotional pain and taking care of ourselves. And we can feel the pain of emotional pain, but then we start to judge it and think we did something wrong and all the things and we don't take care of ourselves. Physical pain, we're going to take care of ourselves. So I love that visual that don't stick your hand in a lion's cage because it's going to bite it. Don't go back into a dysfunctional, harmful, traumatic relationship. So don't forget that you're coming out of something like that. You don't need to forget. And I love what you said, Michelle, that it's a beautiful reminder that, mm-hmm. wait a minute, that did not serve me and it actually hurt me and kept me from living my best life. That's a very good point. Let's <laughs> stick your hand in a lion's cage. There's just so much that we could say about this. And I know that we've probably only scratched the surface, but I hope that it's been helpful to anyone who might be 
resonating this with this. And to just remember, I think to kind of hopefully wrap this up in like a nice little bow of just kind of coming back to, you know, those questions that you ask yourself and the things that you value and understanding who you are and what you want. Because when you know the answer to those questions and maybe even maybe you don't have like the clearest answers, but you have a semblance. If you have like a tiny um, breadcrumb of the things that you want and you can start to see maybe that your current reality is not in alignment with that thing that you want, that's when you can start to make those tiny shifts and make those little changes and, you know, go on the healing journey to, to get to that place where you feel more aligned with yourself like on the inside out. Um, So just remember to maintain that relationship with yourself and check in with yourself and, and know that I think that it, and even from your example, it's never too late to make a change. Um, And you're always worthy of healing and you're always worthy of doing the thing that you need to do that honors yourself. Even if it's been years, Um, don't ever think that it's too late to do so. It's never too late. It's never too late because we're always learning. We are human beings. I believe strongly we came to this earth, to this life to learn. We came to learn so that we could grow and become. That's it. So we're always learning. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter where you are. We are always learning. We are always taking in something and we become wiser and more discerning and more understanding of who we are and what we need. And I just want to say, don't, I, I would say, don't waste your energy, especially your emotional energy, but not your physical energy either, trying to get someone to validate you or your feelings or what's happened or any parts of that. You, you can't make someone else take responsibility for what they've done or what they've said, or it, you just can't. If they're not willing to to, ha- to have that conversation with you and own it, don't waste your energy there. And I, because I believe what I've noticed, especially in this last journey, the people that hurt us the most won't admit it. They won't admit that they've caused the harm or if they do even give a little semblance of admitting it, they don't change the behavior. So remember, I'm sorry's are, are not, are nothing without change behavior. So I would just like to say exactly what you just said, Michelle. I love it. Just echo what you said. And the only piece that I would add is please don't allow their denial or their opinions or their thoughts or their energy to set you back. Don't just what you were saying earlier. Don't allow other people's thoughts and things to make you doubt yourself or to gaslight you or or to have you think, Oh, you know what, this is really good. I'm the problem or whatever it is that happens in the mind that's telling you that you're not. Yeah. Like you say, nobody has the power to name who you are. Exactly. I love you all so much. (sighs) Love you all so much. Thank you for being here with us on this journey. This was very vulnerable and very thoughtful and very mindful. And I, I, along with Michelle echo what you said, Michelle, that we hope that this served you in some way, maybe some little piece of this helps you in your journey of life because you deserve all the happiness and all of the joy and all of the respect, you know, that life has to offer. Don't settle. Yes. And if you have other questions or want us to dive into other aspects of healing, just let us know. You can reach out to us on social media at Peaceful Barb at Michelle Maros or at Barb Knows Best Pod. We can certainly continue this conversation in other aspects, but. Can I just add one more thing? And when I say don't settle, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean don't, it means like, it doesn't mean don't compromise. Of course we compromise in any ways that we can. What I'm saying is don't abandon yourself. Don't, don't hurt yourself anymore. Don't, don't let yourself go for the sake of someone else. Do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself, but don't abandon yourself. Yeah. I just want to make that clear that compromising and all those things are, are fine. Right. Love that. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of this community and letting us chat with you about these things. As of course, just to reiterate and remember, you know, if, if this conversation brought up a lot for you, please don't be afraid to seek um, professional support or counseling because these are very heavy topics um, and it can be 
challenging to kind of make your way through, you know, life and its occurrences. Um, but yes, thank you so much for listening and being a part of this community. We're so grateful for all of you. And please make sure you're liked and subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify. And if you haven't yet, we'd love for you to take just a quick moment out of your day to give us a five-star rating on iTunes and Spotify and leave a review. It is a very helpful part um, for this podcast community. Thank you so much again for listening. Thank you, mom, for sharing with us. And we will chat with you next week because as we know, Barb knows best. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.